You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Awaken to the Word of God. This year, I step into my potential. I dream big, I think abundantly, and act boldly. I am an overcomer. I declare an open heaven over my life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on. All right. Stay standing. I'm going to read the Word of God out of uh, Psalm 46. But before I do, I want to let you know I always feel like I want to bring something to equip you that you can walk out of here with some new weapons. No matter where you're at, if you feel like you're just going through something, this book is really really just talking to my soul right now, just on soul food. And it's called Streams in the Desert. It's a 366-day devotional, and uh, it's so powerful. So I brought a couple concepts that I want to bring uh, to you this morning out of here. So if you want to know, Streams in the Desert, incredible one. And then this one that's just messing me up, it's called The Training of the Twelve by A.B. Bruce. And this is how Jesus fought, or how he found and taught the 12 disciples going through like this incredible playbook. So the title of my message is How We Train. And uh, we're all at different levels right now. And hey, new devils, new levels. Oh wait, new levels, new devils. And uh, you know, we're gonna go levels and lions today. Only only two of you appreciate that, but that's okay. This is why we train. So I want us just to stand while I read Psalms, and then after this, uh, we'll let the worship team go. And some of you may just want to close your eyes to hear this. Some of you just, you know, engage how you need to. But I want the Holy Spirit to land, because as he lands on your heart, he's going to do a turning of the soil. And some of you just need to hear this uh, to inject and break off some veils. Some of you just get some... A heart check. Some of you is just going to be a, a security blanket for you or an understanding revelation. But Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the water surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city That city cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. It's interesting. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord's heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. God, we thank you this morning. God, I thank you for what you're about to do in the hearts of your kids. God, I thank you, Lord, that even already this morning, we've had testimonies of miracles We've had testimonies of healings in the first service. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are stirring the hearts and you're building a bold church. I thank you, Lord, that no one's here on accident. That right now is a divine appointment 
God, in this service, people will be healed. Eternity is on the line, and there will be people that will give their life for eternity right here and now. And then, God, I thank you, Lord, that you will raise up men and women that are going to fight for the freedoms that you've called us to stand for. We give you honor today. And everybody said amen. Come on, you guys can be seated. Thank you, worship team. That was so, oh, you were nailing that song. So good. Does your wife find that attractive? I know. I know. I saw her here, ear-to-ear grin. I was like, is she worshiping or staring at her husband? Probably both. Probably both. That was so good. And James was right. I like your hair. It's very good. I, I had a little, like, hair envy when it was long. But your beard, now I have beard envy. Hey, what if my beard looked like that? Could I do it? I had the meanest looking beard, but she said it made me look 90. Get no respect for a beard in my house. Come on, prophesy somebody. Listen, I will tell you that this, uh, this message uh, is going to shift and rattle and poke a little bit. Um, but God was really showing me on Friday when I was doing this deep dive. It was 9-11. And uh, it was crazy. I was doing this search just on warriors of faith. And this is no joke. As I'm doing this and I was getting caught up, you know, the internet just takes you on rabbit trails. You're like, next thing you know, I'm down watching these videos of 9-11. I'm crying. I was like, what? I was trying to do a word search on men of faith. (laughs) What's wrong with me? No joke. I click on this one link. It's a 9-11 tribute. I click on it. It's my brother who works at the Pentagon, 20 years in the military, Navy, and he's standing right in front of my computer, like, boom, saying what this memorial. So he did a live memorial at the Pentagon on, on uh, Friday. And, but I, I didn't know. And I'm just clicking on rabbit trails, and I hit this link, and it rattled me. because When you're ever, like, not expecting your brother to be talking to you, in uniform, decked out, and he just starts going through us, and immediately the Holy Spirit started to talk to me just about where I was in my faith and just really started to challenge me. And I was looking about all the people that have sacrificed, that have gone before me. So I can stand in a pulpit in the United States of America and preach the gospel in our freedom or whatever that version is. We need to give it up for all the men and women. And that, yeah, thank you for all the people that have served, have served, will serve. It rocked me. But what rocked me more is this next statement. The Holy Spirit showed me firefighters, showed me the Twin Towers firefighters running voluntarily into the buildings, knowing they may never come out, but to sacrifice their life for another man or woman's life. And God showed me a picture and says, that's the church you're preaching to. And then he said, not everyone will receive the word that you will deliver. But God did show me that we're in a church that wants to grow. And those that don't want to grow, they're going to go. And I have to be okay with it as a pastor and tell you, I love you. And we'll always be here. But we're a church that isn't going to step back. We are going to step forward. We are going to preach gospel, truth, and what we stand for. Because righteousness is the right way of doing things. And there's some touchy subjects, but we're going to stand on biblical truths. And we know when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And we're here. 
And if things get rough, well, I'm going to tell you, we will always be here, always love you. There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. But you've got to be willing to grow. And when God showed me that, he showed me we're the church that's running into the fiery buildings. We're the church that's running into the places where there is darkness, where there is hell, where there is fire. And we are rescuing people out of them and pulling them in for freedom, liberty, and truth, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I just don't want to be that switch and bait, you know, like, oh, switch and bait kind of church. We all look pretty and nice. No, we're sticking to it. We're not backing down, and it's going to be good. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, and I highly recommend that, we're Tuesday, men's prayer and women's prayer, 530 for the boys. Let's go. Uh, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. That word captivity, I needed to do a word search, see if that means quarantine, but I'm not sure. <laughs> but it could. What I want to give you the context of what I'm going to read out of just the elevator, Psalm 46 is really just that, that first floor of hope, just knowing what our God stands for. And if you want to get into the Psalms, get into the Psalms just to restore. They're the river of life. They are the Psalms that are flourishing in your spirit to help you. If you're having a bad day, get in the Psalms. If you need wisdom, get in the Proverbs. But what I want to read out of is Acts 9, which is the book of action. It's the only book in the Bible without a period at the end or an amen. That means it's still being worked out today. And that means you and I can learn something right now in the here and now. And I was so, uh, I, I want to say, amused by Saul and his story. I wanted to understand how could one guy hate the church and Jesus so much that then turn out to be the apostle Paul to flip the world upside down and just go after in such a way and preach the gospel. How does the guy go from this to that? And I'm telling you, it's from an encounter. And it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how much sin or destruction or what you've done. It matters that one encounter can shift and change everything in your life and light you up in a place that you never thought you'd been lit before. And it's so important to understand. So I wanted to read it because it will give us a revelation on where we're going as a church in the boldness that I'm talking about. So Acts 9, and the context for you to understand is one encounter changed the world and is still changing the world because I'm reading it. Right. Right. For, uh, chapter 9. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way. I love that. This is the way. If you don't like the Mandalorian... We're going to do an altar call at the end and then an altar call for what's wrong. But even Hollywood's ripping off the Bible. This is the way. Whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. What I want to say is there's a man that was so ticked off. There was people out there that loved Jesus and preaching to Jesus. So ticked off, he was willing to grab him, drag him, pull him, beat him, whatever, and pull him somewhere. It's amazing. That why would someone be so ticked for someone else's beliefs? As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. Hello. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. God can use anybody. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately. How long? Immediately. Could happen right now, people. Yeah. Get ready. Immediately. Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul, uh, Saul then spent several days in the, with the disciples in Damascus, and then he began to preach in the synagogues about Jesus, the Son of God. And all who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't this the man who? Isn't this the man who? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. I say this because he goes on and when he goes back to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him. No kidding, right? right. <laughs> Not believing who he, that he really was a disciple, but Barnabas, thank God for Barnabas. Does everybody have a Barnabas? That means a good friend. That's going to speak highly of you, knowing your past, knowing where you've been, but seeing the fruit in your life of what's changed. He had a Barnabas that was representing and standing for him. We all need a Barnabas. We all need a friend. Listen, doing life alone and not having someone that's your armor bearer, that's your friend to defend, doesn't matter what you were, it matters who you are. And God's redefining some people in here today, and he's also giving you a Barnabas to stand with you, to represent, I've seen the change of this woman, I've seen the change of this man, this is my friend, and he's doing the work of our Heavenly Father. Let's all pray for a Barnabas. Come on. He told them how Saul in his journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed and moved about freely in Jerusalem. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, the church increased in numbers. I'm going to tell you that right now we're seeing some, there's a sifting going on, and you're watching churches that are getting bold and saying, that's it, the church is essential. You can see it. During this time that's isolation and shutting people down, two things have happened. 
Either people have gone away because they lost community, and maybe community was their thing, not Jesus. But the other ones realized, no, no, no. I'm hungrier than I've ever been for Jesus. Where can I find fresh living water? Driving from all over. I met three couples from Orange County in LA in the last service that said we heard and we had to come see and my soul feels alive because I got around the word of God in community, in revelation, and God wants to do that right here and right now. The church is increasing. But why do I tell you that story? It's because one man had an encounter and he was able to change the darkest cities and he's still doing it today because we're preaching the gospel. Yeah. A huge part of the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. Many think his name was changed when he, you know, he got struck down. That's not what happened. So when he went on to go preach in Greece, he used his Greek name, which was Paul. That's the Apostle Paul. Saul was his Hebrew name. But I'm telling you, he walked with an authority that you and I are going to walk with. Not just pastors, not just teachers, not just apostles. Not, we, you and I can walk in that same authority. It's a revelation knowing whose you are. Another revelation I had on Friday was we better be careful about the city or the state that we're talking about. Proverbs 11.11 says this, By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. This is why the church is essential. We have to do a soul audit, even myself getting caught up in some things, knowing that over 400 laws have been changed in the state of California in the last seven to nine months. Can you name one of them? One was signed by our governor to protect pedophiles on Friday. Are you okay with it, church? How many know our voice matters? I'm about to tell you why. I know I'm running long. Sorry, Jimmy. Sorry, I'm messing up the whole flow. I just give me a minute. I know. It's awkward. It's awkward. Just <laughs> so, so easy on the eyes. It's okay. Psalms 92, 12 through 15. But listen, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. That's the kingdom way. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit at old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. It's time we get planted again. A firm foundation in the house because we're going to stand boldly to fight for this state of California that we love. I'm not moving anywhere. We're going to fight. My revelation on Friday was we got to speak life over the city. We, by the blessing of the upright, a city will be exalted. I know some of you are getting it. We're going to keep going. Now I'm going to frame freedom real quick for the rest of us. Mike Huckleby just said this, and Pastor Samuel was just with them last week. The gospel isn't dependent on America, but America is dependent on the gospel. The gospel is still going to be preached no matter what happens to America. Whether it falls, whether it stands, whether it rises, the gospel will be preached around the world. But we need to know that America is dependent on the gospel. It's going to take the church, you and me, believers, to stand. And I want to give you 56 words that create the frame of America. It's the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their, not government, their creator, with a certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of 
To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent, say it, the consent of the governed. So here's the four basic frames so I can land this plane. The basic idea is that truth is real. God is the source of freedom. You're in my rights don't come from elected officials. They come from God. Powers of government come from consent of the governance that you and me. Three times that word is used in the Declaration of Independence, 11 times in the Constitution. Yet many Christians don't know the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution, so they don't know their rights. Knowing that this country was founded on biblical truths written into the framework and the fabric of everything we stand for. And if we don't know our rights, then we will just be told what they are, and that's not truth. 2 Corinthians 3.12 through 18 says this, therefore, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face, that's interesting, to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For this is the day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only Christ only in Christ is it taken away. That's why believers, you will see the world differently because Jesus is in you. It is up to you and I, the believers, to hold this country and keep it. But we must know what they are. Even to this day when Moses is read, the veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Why are we fighting with people with a veil? They'll never understand because they cannot see what you see. Now the Lord, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And in a different version, in, in the New King James Version, it says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What were the three? Life, liberty, that's Bible, and the pursuit of happiness. This country was founded on biblical words. And right here in the New Testament, Jesus is trying to remind us, don't let anyone steal your freedom. Don't let anyone tell you you're below. You're the head, not the tail. You're above, not believe. Let's start to understand whose we are so we can have the revelation and stand boldly. We must know kingdom ways, which is spiritual discipleship and the word of God. That is called eternity is on the line. Knowing Jesus gives you eternity, but knowing that coming with life, which is eternity, you now have the other two, which means we bring heaven to earth, which is Jesus Lord over our life, that we have boldness, and that's where we have to understand our rights as Americans, that we have these freedoms, but if we don't stand in boldness and train with other believers on that understanding, we will lose our way. We cannot lose our way. Let me hear this again from Mike Huckleby. The gospel isn't dependent on America, but America is dependent on the gospel. I'm going to do it anyways, just because it wouldn't be fair. So give me a second. I want to play this clip, but let me just get it. It's just, we're going to go two minutes long. Is that okay? I want you to, I want you to understand what this means. Saving Private Ryan was about a private that had three brothers and two of them were lost in a war. And our government thought we can't, 
decimate the whole family just in case there's a private Ryan. They put a special platoon together to go save his life because they didn't want it to be lost and a mother could lose her legacy. She had three boys, no last name, nothing to pass it on to. They said, we'll go get him and pull him out. So they put a special unit together and this unit one by one was dying along the way. And the last man standing was Tom Hanks. He was the one in charge. He was sitting right here, and he finally got to Private Ryan, and this is what he said. So let's just watch this quick. What, sir? James. that moment, Private Ryan had a decision, what do I do next? This next clip is at the end of his life. Watch this last clip. My family is with me today. They wanted to come with me. To be honest with you, I... I wasn't sure how I'd feel coming back here. Every day, I think about what you said to me that day on the bridge. I've tried to live my life the best I could. I hope that was enough. I hope that at least in your eyes, I've earned what all of you have done for me. good man. Listen, as Christians, Jesus died and it's a free gift. You can't earn it. All you got to do is receive it. But I will tell you how we live our life matters. I don't just want us to accept Jesus as an insurance policy for eternity because it's so much more than that. That's probably how I grew up as a Christian. I just didn't want to go to hell because I was raised in church. That's what they were preaching. I didn't know this whole other side that came with the lordship of Jesus. It's a free gift, and you accepting Jesus in your heart, you receive that gift. Accept Jesus is how you get freedom. It's how you get liberty. It's how you get on the pursuit to happiness. But your relationships in this house matter. Your church where you're planted matters. This state matters. The difference is why I want to show you that is 
we are obligated to spiritually train. That's why I'm reading this book, The Training of the Twelve, because it matters to the kingdom. There are people that need to know the gospel and how we train and how we live our life. We are the light of the world, but we got to train like it. We got to take our thoughts captive that aren't of God. We got to renew our mind. We got to forgive people. Might have to jump on Facebook like I did between services. Whatever it is, that's what brings healing and unity to a land. But I show you that clip because here's a man that everyone sacrificed for. And his whole family's behind him. There's evil in the world. That's why we got to preach the gospel. But how we train and what we believe matters. And we got to get bold. Because there are laws being passed that are stealing my kids' futures. That are stealing your kids' legacies. And if a church doesn't stand up and unify, nobody else will. This is life liberty and the pursuit of happiness how we fight today matters we could all just come on let's give jesus a clap offering god we thank you come on let's just bow our heads and close our eyes i want to pray for two groups of people today but i also want to pray this prayer it's out of ephesians 4 it rocked me last night, and I had no idea what my wife was doing her communion message on. But I really want to let you know that this morning, if you feel like, man, I need to give my life to Jesus, I'm telling you, there's no, important, there's no more importance. That's why we do church. Like this whole thing, it was all well and good, but if I just came in here, we did some worship, I said, all right, who wants to give your life to Jesus? It's pretty much the most important. That's all, and we could have said, amen, let's go party. There's a party in heaven when someone gives their life to Christ. Every one of us that believe in Jesus, we gave our life to Christ. And it's a simple prayer, and I'm going to pray it for you. Or some of you know that you once did, but you were, whatever. COVID got you, whatever got you. And you just want to get back in alignment with Christ. I want to pray for you. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand. And I want to pray for you. I can see it. If there's anybody this morning, I want to give my life to Christ for the very first time. We're just kind of bold. We're not, you know. You can even come down the front. I'll pray with you one-on-one. -on -one. You can walk down here right now. But I want to pray with you. We want to give you a Bible, following Jesus. But I'm telling you, if you can't be bold here, what are you going to do out there? There's people out there that just don't get it. And I'll wait, but I'm going to pray for everybody. And then during that time while I'm praying, you can come down and meet with one of my team get a Bible, get a prayer. Those that need healing, or you feel like a suppression, mental suppression, or you feel like your heart's grieving for something, or you're feeling unsettled in your spirit. We had miracles, and the first thing happened afterwards. Guy said he came forward for prayer, and he got prayed for, and he had total healing confirmed. Wednesday he came, went and got it confirmed by his doctor, came to share the testimony at the last service. Come on, how good is God? healings for today. But let's just bow our heads. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now. God, show us how as believers that we can put our confidence in you, Jesus. God, I just ask for peace to come on upon us instead of yelling loudly at one another, thinking our righteousness is all that matters. God, we want it to be your righteousness.
God, we ask, Lord, that we instead hear Paul's call to walk in a manner worthy of calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. God, we pray that Paul writing in Ephesians right now over every one of us, God. Lord, wherever there's been division by the enemy, God, we break that right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord, the church is essential and it will not be quieted. God, I thank you, Lord, that there will be believers around this nation that will rise up in worship, that will, they will find their identity in you, Christ. God, I thank you today that people are being healed in mind, body, spirit, physical healings right now manifesting. God, I thank you, Lord, that we put our trust and our faith in you. That, God, we crave the word of God, so we start our training today. Lord, we also ask, Lord, that you, we know, we know that you were part of the founding fathers that created this great nation. We know that it was based on the word of God. So, God, we stand in truth. And, God, I thank you, Lord, that patriots will come out of here, that they will see how... You have your hand of provision and you will not remove it from this nation. God, we thank you, Lord, that you will heal this land in unity. That, God, we will be the light in love. God, teach us your ways. We know they're not our ways. We ask, Lord, that you confound the wise. And, God, right now, I just thank you for a supernatural peace to fall on your kids right now. I thank you as we leave this place, there's a deposit of faith, of boldness, of righteousness. We want to know the right way to do things. God, we get in alignment with your kingdom thinking right now. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.